to the first Mountain Lion podcast of the new decade. Wow, 2020. I'm having trouble wrapping my head around that number. 2020. Before we begin today's brief podcast, I wanted to give all of you a heads up for some exciting new podcasts that will be dropping out of the sky onto Mountain Lion in the coming several weeks. I'll be interviewing Dr. Justin Bullock, first author on a study of medical students at six different medical schools called In Pursuit of Honors, a multi-institutional study of students' perceptions of clerkship, evaluation, and grading. This is an interesting look at how medical students perceive the grading systems we have at most of our medical schools. In coming weeks, I will also be airing an interview I'll be doing with Dr. Lou Pangaro about rhyme and getting some tips, I hope, on how to prep faculty for using this model to better assess how students are progressing during the clinical years of medical school. Finally, an even bigger project will air over several weeks. This is a series of podcasts talking with leaders in the field of bedside presentations during attending rounds. We'll be hearing from a couple of people who have formally studied this, Brad Munash from UCSF and Jed Gonzalo, who is up at Penn State, Hershey, Pennsylvania, as well as several people who have changed the culture of their learning environments with patient-centered bedside rounds. These include the likes of Dr. Eric Warm, Emily Leisure, and Peter Lickstein as well as several other dedicated bedside teachers. As of today, I've recorded four of those interviews, and I'm teeing them up to go onto Mountain Lion in the coming weeks. So lots to look forward to in 2020. Today's podcast is a brief one, modeled somewhat on its title. So without further ado, here we go. I'm excited to have Dr. Alan Hall with me today to talk about an article that he published recently in the Journal of Hospital Medicine with his colleague Joseph Swigert, also from University of Kentucky. Uh, It is on the topic of ultra-brief deliberate teaching sessions, and in keeping with that topic, this is going to be a brief podcast today, or at least I aspire for it to be a brief podcast for it, and if you know me, you know how that can go off the tracks. I recently saw uh, Dr. Hall's article with his colleague, Joe Swigert, uh, which was an article in the November 2019 issue of the Journal of Hospital Medicine in their leadership and professional development section. And the article was called Ultra Brief Teaching, It's Now or Never, uh, which is about an approach called Ultra Brief Deliberate Teaching Sessions. And Alan's going to tell us more about that in a moment. But in the meantime, Alan, I was wondering if you would mind introducing yourself to our podcast audience and telling us where you grew up, where you went to college, medical school, residency, what institution you're at now, and what your current role is at that institution. Of course, and thanks so much for having me on. So I I grew up in uh, Elizabethtown, Kentucky, which is a relatively small town, not too far from where I am currently. Then went to college at a small liberal arts school in Louisville, or what others may say Louisville, at Bellarmine University. And then attended medical school here at UK, the University of Kentucky here in Lexington. And then finally decided to leave the state for residency and went to the University of Michigan where I did my med residency. 
I came back to UK after residency and I've been working as a MedPeds hospitalist and I'm also the Assistant Dean of Competency Assessment for the College of Medicine here. Excellent. Well, um, I guess to start out, can you tell us what ultra-brief deliberate teaching is and why it's now or never, as you put it in your title? <laughs> Absolutely. So really, these, these sessions, I think, have, have kind of three big principles or points for them. One is a, is a big one to occur right before the formal team round starts. Um, and really, another key is to make them last no more than five minutes and then a topic that really relates actively to a patient on the team that you're actively managing. Those are kind of our, our three big principles for the sessions. And the now or never part, I think, really kind of harps to the issue of really trying to enforce and make sure that we do some formal teaching during each day, just because I think we've all experienced those times where it's really hard to, uh, to ensure formal teaching happens, especially in the afternoon. I, I get in the habit of always trying and planning to do a chalk talk, Things get busy, and then we push it to the next day. Things come up, admissions procedures, whatever whatever the case may be. And then that cycle is, is easy to, to keep repeating and snowballs a bit. So having these sessions where we do it before rounds makes sure that we have that time dedicated truly to teaching and I think sets the stage for the importance of it with our, with our teaching rounds. And why uh, before rounds rather than at the end of rounds? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I think what we've come to experience is that seems to be when when everybody is the, the most unified, focused, and probably part of that being that they're caffeinated and everybody's had their cup of coffee by, at the start of rounds. Um, I think when we've tried to do some of this at the end of rounds, I think everybody is less focused, tired, ready to move on and get work done, maybe scattered, calling consults or doing other work that needs to be done, and then they also have other demands of trying to get to conference. I think stopping in the middle of the rounds to do something like this is also challenging because usually by that point, everybody is ready to, to power through and, and finish seeing patients, and I don't think um, they're quite ready to do a to do a in the middle of rounds teaching session. Got it. Um, and how do you decide what topics to cover in your ultra brief deliberate teaching topics? I think there's a lot of potential options for these topics. I think one of our big keys is to make sure that it's tied to a, to a patient on the service. Some of my favorite things to, to use for that are to, to use a topic from the Things We Do For No Reason series in the Journal of Hospital Medicine to make it a, a brief, um, hopefully interactive summary of, of one of those topics and then tie that directly to a patient. And a lot of those topics are applicable to if not one, many patients on our on our service. I, I think another is there's always, at least when I'm rounding, some clinical question that comes up about a patient that that I don't have the, the perfect answer to on rounds, and this is a nice one to circle back the next day to come up with that answer, ideally with some evidence to, to back it up and support it. It's interesting that you use the uh, Things We Do For No Reason uh, series. I, I fall back on those regularly myself. And it's usually a bit of a shocker to the residents and students who've been ordering things. And to have that called into question, I think, can be really fun sometimes. And it tends to stick with them as well. I agree. That's a, that's a really fun series. Um, and what happens if the presenter, yourself, for example, exceeds that five-minute limit? Uh, is there like a big hook that comes and pulls you off the stage or a giant vacuum cleaner or something like that? <laughs> 
I think it'd be great if we had that. I think that would really, really emphasize the importance of the five minutes. Unfortunately, we're not really quite there yet. Um, but I, I think what I tend to see if I go long, sometimes I get so excited about a topic that it's, it's easy to do that, even if it's just a minute or two. I think you start noticing that the residents, the students, get a little bit anxious and ready to start rounds, and usually they're starting to get pages and having to move along to see patients. You can kind of see it in their eyes that they're ready to move on. So it's usually more of a trigger based on the learner's actions that we need to keep going as opposed to, to having a hook or vacuum that comes out. And, and was that how you came up with this five minutes that that was just your general sense that beyond five minutes people's attention span starts to wane or did you use something in based on the uh, education literature uh, I, I think i think partly both and i guess first of all this was definitely not all of all of my ideas and this was, this came from a lot of a lot of people that i've worked with particularly my co-author joe swigert and then the, um, another colleague here, John Ragsdale, who had a lot to, to push this forward and make this a little bit more of a formalized process. Um, but I, I think the the five minutes, some of it was based on just our experiences, like like you've kind of just mentioned of seeing that beyond that time, everybody seems to get a little bit glazed over. And then I, I think some of the adult learning theories have kind of pointed us towards these shorter sessions that we're all able to pay closer attention to that kind of also emphasize that, that importance. I see. And have you um, been able to study this at all in terms of figuring out what the level of satisfaction with these sessions are uh, by your learners, students, and residents? We, we actually did present a, a poster at the SHM conference, Society of Hospital Medicine conference, um, last year. Um, and this one, it wasn't, I guess, a super formal project, but we, we read over the three of our uh, teaching evaluations from students and residents and had started noticing that a lot of our positive comments really reflected these brief sessions before rounds. So we, we presented this as a general idea at that conference and then pulled out some of those comments, which were a big majority of those positive comments. So we haven't done anything big formal survey-wise or anything like that, but at least informally we've seen, we've seen a lot of good positive feedback from it. Oh, interesting. So they're literally pointing out these sessions as something they value in your attending rounds. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, which I think has really led us to, to do them more and, and utilize these brief sessions. Now, do the three of you ever find yourselves lamenting the fact that these sessions aren't longer and more in-depth? I, I think that's fair. I think we all we all probably shoot for trying to do some occasional shock talks that are slightly longer, still trying not to make them too long in the afternoons at times to kind of make up for some of that because some of these topics we are so excited and passionate about that and some of them can be a little bit longer. But I think at the same time, I think we've noticed that even with a 15, 20-minute chalk talk, you start to lose people at least at some point. So I think it kind of balances out with these shorter ones that at least we're hopefully keeping their attention that entire time. Interesting. Sort of um, along the <clears throat> lines of learner satisfaction with attending rounds, this is a little bit of an aside, but um, I noticed an article in your reference section that I hadn't read before uh, by Holland et al. at University of Colorado. And in that study, I was somewhat disappointed to learn that learners surveyed about attending rounds reported that they were not receiving effective teaching about half the time. And I was wondering what your thoughts are 
about that? I mean, do you think that that's going on across the country with attending rounds, or could it be institution-specific, or is there just a general theme that we're missing in the way that we generally run attending rounds? Yeah, that's a great question. I, 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 like you, hope that this is not a complete universal truth everywhere, at least it's not to this extreme, but, but I do worry that it's that it's probably present as a theme to some extent at most places. And I, I think the biggest issue is just the, the conflict between our time and then teaching on rounds and rounds in general, that I think that those two are at odds with our, with our limited amount of time available. And I think we, we run that risk of if we're trying to teach too much, we drag slow down rounds and delay patient care and maybe make learners miss conferences. And then if we try to really be efficient and focus only or mostly on patient care, I think we do less formal teaching. And learners, I think, appreciate that and notice that. And then I think sometimes the teaching that we do that's more on the fly, maybe explaining clinical reasoning or probing for a follow-up to see if if the learner has that next step in management, I think sometimes that's not as appreciated as being active or formal teaching. So I think that's somewhat of our of our hope with these ultra brief sessions prior to round starting is that at least we've got that out there that they know we're we're emphasizing the importance of teaching even if they don't recognize some of the other teaching that we're doing on round. That's that's an interesting point that I hadn't considered as I was reading your article because it does literally focus the learners however brief a period of time it is and it's saying to them hey now I'm going to teach you. And if you're doing that every day for five minutes, there's no way at the end of a week or two weeks or however long your teaching stints are that they're going to be able to say, you know, Dr. Hall never taught me or something <laughs> like that. So, Yeah, that's certainly our hope. You're exactly right. Um, so in summary, Alan, what are the do's and don'ts of uh, ultra-brief deliberate teaching technique? Sure. I, I think we can probably break this down into three do's and three don'ts with the, the three do's being to tie the topic to an active patient on your service, to make sure the duration is no more than five minutes, and then make, have it occur prior to the start of rounds. And then for the don'ts, don't select too complex of a topic. I've been guilty of this, and it inevitably makes it last longer than five minutes. Another that I've also been guilty of to avoid is to make sure the session is not occurring in a distracting environment, like in our hospital hallways where the the Zamboni vacuumer seems to keep driving back and forth at times. And then not making sure that you're not showing up unprepared for a topic. That these, because they're they're so focused and concise, it takes some preparation either the afternoon before or the morning of to make sure that you can do the focused teaching in that time limited span. Well, um, I feel like you guys should come up with some sort of mnemonic for those three do's and three don'ts. Those are those are excellent. That's a good idea. Any last thoughts for our podcast audience? I, I think I'll just take a second again to thank my my colleagues who have really pushed and worked hard on this, Joe Swigert and John Ragsdale again, and I, I really appreciate their help on this. And I, I want to just finish this out. I was showing your article to one of my uh, colleagues here, our vice chair of education, a few minutes ago. And he's a, he's a guy who loves brevity. And he immediately zeroed in on the quote at the beginning of your article, which is, the most valuable of all talents is that of never using two words when one will do. And that was uh, stated by Thomas Jefferson. 
Alan, I want to thank you for joining me today. This has really been fun, and I'm sure that our podcast audience will enjoy this. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.